0: Hello, 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 Sammy here from the Gateway team, just letting you know how much we all appreciate your love and support over the last few seasons of Gateway, and just letting you know that you can help us by heading to our newly established Patreon page, www.patreon.com forward slash gateway to anime. Every little bit helps, and we really appreciate any love and support that you can find. You can also, of course, find us on all social media platforms if you search Gateway to Anime. And please go and check out our website at www.gatewaytoanime.com. If you have the time to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, once again, such a massive help. Something feels like doesn't help, but helps us massively. So if you have the time, please do. Thanks again for your love and support. Ah, hello, hello, hello. And welcome back to gateway to anime. How are we all? What's going on, Charlie? How are you?
1: I'm good. Good to be here, you know, back again with a new episode of Gateway to Anime. What are we looking at, Sam?
0: This week, we are doing a little recap of the summer 2021 anime season because, of course, as we've mentioned, it's a seasonal thing. We did winter 2020 slash 2021. We did spring 2021. And now it's time for summer 2021 because it's at the time of recording, there have been for most of the shows, are about three episodes in, so it's still early days, and we've gone and watched a whole bunch, and now we're bringing to you what they're all about, what we think you should watch, what we are watching, what we will stop watching, etc., cetera, et cetera. Just Charlie and I today, and that is because, a little bit of a spoiler here, Summer 2021 season, it's week. I was going to say,
1: Sam, if you could describe the Summer 2021 season in one word...
0: What would it be? It would be weak. It's, uh, it's This is the worst season we've had for a long time. It's funny. Summer seasons tend to be the weakest. They tend to be the weakest. Last year it was the weakest. I mean, except last year it had Zero Season 2 Part 1, which was sort of carried it, but it was actually quite a weak season. It's a funny old time, and this season is particularly weak, I must yeah. say. A couple of shows which uh, got their second course running over from last season, which are pretty cool, and we'll mention them. And you'll notice that some of the ones that we talked about last time on the Spring episode, but yeah. So, Charlie, why don't you start us off? What are you watching at the moment?
1: It was so hard, Sam, because we, you know, like we've, we've we've been really spoiled as anime watchers, like really spoiled the last couple of years. Like Mappers come out, pretty much anything they do is good. Like everything has just been primo. So to have a genuinely bad season during lockdown in Sydney, I was like, really, guys, I feel betrayed
0: on multiple levels. (laughs) We need something, man. We need something right now. It's tough up in here.
1: It is. It's tough in New South Wales. And you know what? I just, to be fair, like last year, it's funny because I actually really liked the bad season last year. I remember being like alone in the world and being like having a good time. So... I was hoping there'd be some kind of like, you know, hidden gem in the rough, like a diamond in the rough. To be honest with you, out of what I've watched, pretty bad, like really, really quite bad. I've got a lot of complaining to do. But I'll start off with the one show that I'm watching that is a season two that is really good because I love this season one of this show. And then season two of this show is still really, really good. This show I watched on an absolute whim last year when I was bored in lockdown and it was airing. And I was just like, you know what? I need to watch something really stupid. And Sam had been going on a lot about isekais and all that stuff. we have been doing done that episode. And I kind of was wondering why there wasn't an isekai kind of genre that wasn't about just like high fantasy lands and darkness and things like ReZero. And this little show actually is completely what I was asking for. It's called My Next Life as a Villainess, All Roots Lead to Doom. And this is the second season of this show. It's based on a light novel series. It's basically about this girl who dies so she's getting she gets isekai'd meaning in case you haven't remembered what isekai is meaning she dies and gets reincarnated into a fantasy world in this situation it's that she gets isekai'd into a dating game an otomi game that she's been playing because she's a nerd in her life or whatever she's a high school girl and she gets reincarnated as the villainess in the otomi game so basically she knows this game backwards and forward she is a complete nerd for this game she loves it her name is Katarina klaus and she gets reborn as Katarina klaus the villainess no matter how many times she racks her brains for endings where Katarina comes out okay she doesn't want the happy ending she just wants to not die or be killed and basically every single ending that has Katarina in it in the game which is the world she's living in now has her dying in it so she kind of has to figure out a way to change the storyline and change how the how it all kind of works she she's really Really funny. She won the Best Protagonist at the Crunchyroll Awards this year and it was like totally. Oh, tot- really? Yeah, and it, it was totally oh. deserved. Katarina, she is so funny. And her nickname is Bacarina, which means idiot because she is a total idiot. She's always like trying Trying to do stuff and gets it totally wrong. She misreads every situation. But basically, what ends up happening in season one, it ends up basically that she is such an idiot, she doesn't realize that she's become the protagonist and everyone's in love with her. So she kind of gets the harem ending, <laughs> but doesn't even realize that she's done it. Because she wait, she gets reincarnated when she's like five years old. The character's five and she's like 18, and then she grows up and the story begins. Anyway, season one left us with her. I'll, I'll spoil it just a bit. Like it just left on a pretty happy note. And then now we're in season two and She's managed to avoid all the doom flag, as she calls it, doom flags. But now season two, she's kind of going in blind because it's like the storyline that she doesn't know. But basically season two is more of the same. It is so fucking funny and it is really, really good at taking the piss out of really tropey things such as dating games, shoujos, where like the main character is beloved by all and like and she is really, really funny at like just completely dissembling those tropes and I really recommend watching this show and it totally scratched that trashy itch for me because it still does have those romance elements but it's taking the piss out of it so it's really good it's funny um as I've been saying recently on this podcast I've been reading a lot of webtoons at the moment which is South Korean
0: yeah
1: yeah memoirs and what's funny is that most of them are like they are mostly isekai's about females waking up in romance novels or in things and as villainesses. Like it's a whole subgenre. So it's kind of interesting. this when I started looking, because I was like, I kind of like this genre. like it's pretty funny. And then I kept looking, and I was like, wow, there is infinite, like so many that it's almost like it's hilariously specific, but it is very, very popular, particularly in South Korea. So, if you guys are bored or if you watch Villainess season two, then I recommend jumping on Webtoon and looking at all of the Villainess reincarnation stories you could possibly ever want. But yeah, Villainess <laughs> is really funny. I think yeah, it's probably one of the better comedies. That and Kaguya Samar, I would say, are the two of the two of the funniest shows I've seen in a while. And it's because they do the meta kind of thing quite well. So I recommend watching it. If this is the only show this season I'd recommend watching, other than My Hero Academia. So yeah, there you go.
0: Wow. Okay. So my Next Life as a Villainess, season two, is a big tick.
1: Yeah, no, I love it. It's light and fluffy, like season one's freaking awesome too. You're going to have a good time. Song Crunchyroll, I recommend it.
0: Okay, well, that's good, good, good. And, of course, you're watching My Hero. I'm also watching My Hero. Again, as you mentioned on the last podcast about this, it is a warm hug. It just gives you that little bit of that shonen itch which we all need to scratch, and it's right there. It's right there and it does it perfectly well. I'm loving my hero. Actually, funnily enough, during the last season, during the spring season, it was actually quite a poor arc for My Hero was a training arc essentially. And it's now starting to get into the meat and potatoes. And a lot of people are saying actually that this next arc, which is currently airing, is one of its better ones in the manga. So we should have a lot to look forward to for those My Hero fans out there. Summer has got that coming for us.
1: Can I just say, I know that the training arc everyone hated on, but I fucking loved it. I was like, yes, this is what My Hero Academia is about. Like it just kind of goes through people's quirks. It's like simplified it quite a lot and it kind of brought it back to the OG thing. So I I really liked that. Last season as well, but I think this season is definitely going to be better. It's got some really cool characters, and I just yeah. Although I was reading this thing, someone said on Twitter, where they were like, "I'm going to be on my deathbed, and I'm going to remember every single random character's quirk because it comes up all the time. It's like just flashes on the screen. You're just like blah blah quirk frog. Like, you're gonna be like just, what? They really uh, they really go to town on that.
0: Oh yeah, so that's another that's a free one for everyone. My hero is still going. It's always going. And it's great. So, you know, that's a tick from us. So the one that I'm going to talk about right now is a little show called The Case Study of Vanitas. And this is written and illustrated by Jun Mochizuki. This is, of course, the manga. It was serialized in Square Enix's shonen manga magazine, Monthly Gangan Joker. And that's been going on since December 2015. The show is set in an alternate world, 19th century Paris. And it's essentially a steampunk vampire show. And the anime is currently being adapted by one of our favorites, Studio Bones. Now, Charlotte, I know you hate steampunk, but this is what this actually is. It's not me making it up. That's how they describe it. No, nah, steampunk so vampire
1: show. To be honest with you, I've I've stopped running away from my truth, which is that I'm a steampunk <laughs> girl at heart. Like I, I've, uh, I've got to accept facts. Like I never outgrew my cringy 2000s phase. Like look it's at true. Me. I'm st- it's like, true. God. <laughs> anyway.
0: Look, we all got to be self-aware at some point, point. and that's why we like anime when it's self-aware. It sounds like my next life is a villainess, by the way, quite self-aware, and I—that's when we like anime to be, you know. It's—it's it's a good thing when anime is self-aware. So I'm guessing that's a big tick for for villainess. This show, I'm not sure how self-aware this show is, but I'll keep telling you all about it. So during an airship ride to Paris, and it's a very much a steampunk airship. It's like how's it's like how's moving castle in the air kind of vibe.
1: It's like the steampunk bingo, like in the airship, the vampire like. <laughs> <laughs> Gets out like yeah, it's, a little it's eyeglass. A... Like, like, <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> Not far off. Not oh. far off. Good, good guess. So, yes, during an airship ride to Paris, the vampire Noe Archivist meets Vanitas, a human claiming to be a doctor for vampires who is curing them of the malnomen, which causes vampires to behave predatorially against their will. He wields a grimoire, the Book of Vanitas, which is said to have been passed down from the original Vanitas, the vampire of the blue moon, feared and loathed by vampires of the red moon who make up the traditional vampire society. So the vast majority of vampires, or almost all vampires except Vanitas, are born under the Red Moon. Vanitas born under the Blue Moon. There's not a huge amount of information about him yet at this point in the anime, but he's meant to be, have been terrifying and ostracized, but incredibly powerful. And this grimoire that he has is an unbelievably powerful thing. So Vanitas, the new one, the human, uses the power of the grimoire to restore corrupted vampires' names, which appear to be corrupted by a mysterious force known as Charlatan. Noe and Vanitas join forces to heal as many vampires as they can whilst also tracking down the elusive Charlatan. And this show is going to be a split coup with the second half airing at a later date yet to be announced. So this show... It looks amazing. Okay, so it's you know it's it's studio bones at their top. It's it's great. It, it's tropia's all shit. You know you know what it kind of reminds me of, and this is not in a good way. Fire Force actually reminds me a lot of Fire Force because it looks a million bucks, and it's a cool world, interesting world. The lead Vanitas, who again is a human, claiming to have been gifted the Book of Vanitas by the original Vanitas. I just said Vanitas a whole bunch, but hopefully <laughs> you followed that thread of thought, <laughs> and. Bad Essentially, <laughs> so him and Noe have a really interesting relationship. Like vanitas is a bit of a wild man; he's super like erratic, does sort of crazy things, and always seems to be in control of every situation that he's in. And Noe is very much the straight guy, but is actually a vampire. So they're off doing stuff, and you know, I was kind of enjoying this. I'm like, this is a bit of sort of camp fun. You know, it looks crazy. Steampunk's always fun. It's vampires. It's the grimoire looks amazing when he uses it. And the whole idea of like someone's name or a vampire's name being the thing that is like most important to them, not unlike John what, Proctor. The, about to say, because <laughs> it is my name. <laughs> Thank you very much. About to bring up the Arthur Miller the crucible. We've got to get some
1: Arthur Miller in this anime podcast somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> you think you're that's the only one coming one. with the references? Well, I can't believe we haven't referenced that before.
0: That's a shock, actually. How can we not have shocking. brought Arthur Miller into this already? Because we are douchebags, obviously. Now, this is the thing. But that's always a great concept, you know, and the fact that, like, their names get corrupted. And in this world, the vampires and the humans fought a war many years ago and the vampires lost. So they have their own world where they do their own thing. Then there's a the human world. And vampires in the human world are strictly forbidden from feeding on humans. And when their names get corrupted, they forget who they are. They get this Malnomen and they go crazy and they start feeding on humans. And so Vanitas is there curing them. And he seems to be all over it. He seems to be a step above everybody else. Now, I was enjoying the show until I was watching episode three. And he's fighting this vampire, this famous vampire called the Crimson Witch. Has this huge like red gauntlet which fires fire and she's hell hectic and crazy. And I was like, cool, this is a great character. Vanitas is fighting her and uses some tricks to get around it. And at the end when he's essentially defeated her, he just forces himself on her and makes out with her really aggressively and like it's su- I was like ah what the fuck
1: is he a, he's a vampire i like, oh, in love
0: with you no he's a human that he was, was, a, weird, that was some
1: vampire energy right there because vampires aren't yeah. good at consent This is a general no well
0: neither is Vanitas who is a human
1: yeah <laughs> I mean humans a, aren't either was,
0: so that's no, bad no, this is true I, can, I guess there's some verisimilitude there it's, it's true to, to life I suppose disgusting but it was pretty fucked and I was like and I went for like way too long and I get in the whole idea. She's like, oh, I, love, I actually love you. I think, you know, we should be girlfriend. She's like, no, you know, that's a bit of a trope thing going on there. But it just felt fuck it. this is what I've made mean about Fire Force. Just all of a sudden this weird thing happened and I felt weird and uncomfortable and was dressed up as comedy. And I'm like, this isn't funny or or relevant or useful to the plot. Like, I mean, I'm sure they're going to try and bring in like him trying to be into her as a plot line the whole way through. But there are ways you could do that without him forcing himself upon her. You know what I mean? was Is she now
1: written as being into that or not? Or was she like, no.
0: Well, She she was furious and ran away and like her master was super angry about it. I don't know if he was doing it maybe to get a rise out of her master or something. There's a whole, without spoiling anything, there's a whole plot line going on there, which, you know, is obviously confusing to those listening who haven't watched the show. But all I'll say is that it it made me feel a bit weird. It wasn't like, again, my anime blinkers are up and I was like, it wasn't that bad. (laughs) <laughs> but it was still bad and unnecessary. It sounds you know, lazy so. and
1: problematic. Do you
0: know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, that's like, what it was. Why? That's what it was.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly.
0: I was just sit there again. What are the situations? I'm like, god damn it, anime! Why? Why are you doing this to me, man? Anime. Don't, we don't need this. Why? You know?
1: why?
0: So look, I'm going to keep watching it. But if that side of it keeps getting pushed, it will force me out of this anime. If it keeps just being a bit of sort of camp hijinks with you know a. A classic buddy comedy with no the straight guy and vanitas the crazy left of center one you know the boke if you will for my comedy anime episode then you know i might keep watching it but it's it's on it's on the precipice for me um, it's fun check it out and if it makes you feel weird too well you know i warned you don't so watch you it go. <laughs> yeah the case study of vanitas it's okay and slightly problematic so that's that's mine
1: are they drawn as hot vampires the guys. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. They all are. They all
1: are. I mean, that's, like, that's now like the marquee, irrelevant. The
0: Marquis de like, Vampire Daughters into it now, and I'm like, I can see this going down that direction as well, you know? So, I'm like, ah, I really? don't know, man. I don't know. We'll see. Remains to be seen. There's only been three episodes at the time of this podcast airing, so and recording. And they're backing
1: it so hard with the two cool. When you said that, I was like, wow, Bones is backing that one.
0: Yeah, well, it's got – it was very highly rated, you know, every time – a new season comes up. There's a whole few weeks at the end of a previous season of anime where people start talking about what are you going to watch next season? What's highly rated? What manga is or light novel is highly rated? And this one was constantly being sprooked across many different mediums. So it's, you know, it's got a name for itself, but I don't know. I don't know, man. No, I'm, I don't love it. I don't love it at all. It's fine at best. So yeah, case study of Vanitas. Check it out if you want.
1: All right. I have got. This really, this show that I literally only clicked because we needed to pick three to watch, to talk about, and I was having a really hard time. And I clicked on this one because, honestly, it was next on the list on Crunchyroll. So I was like, let's see what um, Remake Our Life is like. Hashiba Kiyoya is a 28-year-old game developer. With his company going bankrupt and him losing his job, he returns to his hometown. Looking at the success of creators of his age, he finds himself regretting his life decisions as he lay distressed on his bed. As Kyo wakes up, he discovers that he has travelled 10 years back in the time he entered college. Will he finally be able to make things right? So we've okay. got okay. not an isekai, we've got a time travel anime, which is all about basically this guy gets his wish Honestly, when this anime opened, it started and I was kind of like, kind of love this. He's sitting on this Greyhound bus, this 28 year old, looking miserable, it's all very bleak, and talks about all of like his dreams that he went to finance school instead of art school that he got into. And he talks about that he regrets that because the people that graduated the art school in the same time he graduated his financial course or whatever, all are really doing well and they're called like the big three or like the prodigious three or some shit like that. Some big some name. Yeah. Something,
0: something overtly dramatic. Something really intense. So. But I was
1: like, these are all game, <laughs> video game developers. Like, anyway, so basically he- The
0: ultimate three.
1: Yeah, like, anyway, I was like, cool. I can relate. And honestly, it's funny because even looking- This actually relates to Villainess as well because, and all of those South Korean comics I talked about because I can relate to escapism with anime, The you know, the absolute- Like, this is the purest form. It's like someone who is- Miserable in their life or not particularly happy getting transported to like an amazing place, you know, like a cool world. And so, and it always involves people who like die from overwork or their work isn't meant good or they're unhappy in their life and they regret working too hard and et cetera. All things that are highly relatable to a lot of people. And I do think that anime and comics have got an audience in a much older fan base than they traditionally have because I think that people who grew up with them, it's not so much shamed to like comic books and anime anymore. So people continue to like them into their adulthood. So I think oh, that. Yeah. When you've got a 28-year-old protagonist, which is someone I could relate to, you know, like someone I could be like, oh, yeah, like I love working in this bar. I don't know what he's talking about. Like, I kind of think like, I'm just like, <laughs> you know, yeah, it's a thing where you're kind of like, yeah, I would love to suddenly get hit by a truck and wake up in a magical world where I have a superpower. But in this case, it's a guy going back in time to try and go to art school instead of business school. Now, what's funny about that is that I went to art school. So I'm like, wow, I wonder if my like time travel anime is me being like, yeah, I'm going to do nursing, like, like, <laughs> like getting into acting school and being like, you know what, like, yeah, nursing. That's my, like, get a steady job with an income, like
0: I <laughs> live opposite. a perfectly stable and happy existence.
1: <laughs> yeah. So uh, it's funny that I was watching that being like, huh, like this is like the opposite of me but also the same as me. So I understand it's relatable stuff. Problem with this anime, he ends up going to art school instead. I reckon you could have just had this anime with just a protagonist going to art school. The time travel thing, they've not utilised it at all. Like, nothing really happens. He's not like, Mm. I'm going to use my knowledge from the future to really help me. He just kind of goes to school, does all right, becomes friends with the big three, and then helps them on his way. And, like, but he's still only – I was just kind of like, there is no point to this time travel aspect i mean i get it kind of anyway it's mostly the the biggest sin about this show is it's super boring i was interested in it and i was like cool but then it kind of just like yeah i mean the character design is boring i thought that two different people were the same character like three different times like really generic it's not bad it's not good it's just kind of boring in the middle and i like i find it interesting when shows are set in college and a bit of an older audience older demographic like i i do enjoy that but This just isn't it, like it's been done better. I can't think of what's done it better, but a lot of things must have because if that's the best representation of that, then that's not good, but it's just a bit boring. Like I'm being a bit scathing about it, but I just hate when people introduce a really intense plot device, such as time travel, and then don't utilize it at all. It's like, why bother dropping that in?
0: Yeah. It, it sounds like it's erased but without any of the crime drama or, like, interest, you know? No, he like, just, like,
1: does okay at college. Like, episode three. Yeah. And he's not even, like, killing it. He's just, like, pretty good. They're like, wow, this guy is pretty good. Like, well, <laughs> like, that's
0: probably it's, like, yeah, quite yeah.
1: realistic.
0: That's probably a, yeah, a realistic interpretation of time travel. It's like we all think we like, go back in time and, like, assassinate Hitler or something, but you wouldn't. You know what I mean? Like we'd all go back and just be like, maybe make some slightly less trash decisions in our lives, but maybe, maybe put on a few bets. You know the outcome of, a la Back to the Future. Uh, But that's about what else you really maybe go invest in Bitcoin. That's something we'd all do. One hundred percent, I would do
1: that. I do think that it's like, in some ways, now saying this out loud and talking it through, it is kind of a unique concept that's pretty interesting. So I'm kind of like, maybe this show is groundbreaking. I don't think it is. Just watch it and let me know. I think it's got a good concept, but it's just kind of boring. And I don't really want to watch that in my anime, you
0: know? That's fair enough. I mean, you know, Slice of Life, you know, we did a whole episode on it just recently and there are some wonderful Slice of Life shows, but there are some others which are just like, wow, this is actually just fucking boring, man. Like...
1: You yeah, like, I don't want a slice of that life. I don't really care. Like, that's fine.
0: <laughs> I'm done. Pass. Yeah, move on from that life, please.
1: <laughs> yeah, but that one's, again, it's, again, unique because we're following an older protagonist in a fairly realistic setting. So it's also a bit pervy. It's a bit pervy. Right. Like, he, like, yeah, lives okay. with some hot college girls and it's a little mm. bit light. Mm.
0: Yeah. Anyway. Moving on. This one is my current show of the season and there's only been one episode. Okay, so I'm going early on this and it might fall apart but this is an anime original created by Shingo Natsume at Studio Madhouse. Now, Natsume, we've mentioned several times on this podcast, but Natsume is famous for directing such shows as Space Dandy alongside Shinjiro Watanabe. He did an episode of Tatami Galaxy back in 2010. That was one of his first gigs. He was also, of course, the series director of One Punch Man Season 1, and he also did Aka 13 and Boogie Pop and others. And this is his anime original at Madhouse. It's really interesting. So this has only been one episode so far, at the time of this podcast recording, and I don't really know what happened, and I think that's the point, but I will try and tell you what it's about as best I can, because I don't really fucking know what it's about, to be honest with you, yet. However, midway through a seemingly endless summer vacation day, middle school third year student, Nagara, the mysterious transfer student, Nozomi, and, and all their classmates are suddenly transported from their humdrum everyday lives, along with their entire school premises, into a seemingly alternate dimension, um, now, Charlotte, we're talking liminal space here because around the school is nothing but black. Nothing at all. They're just sort of suspended in black nothingness. Yeah, So we have a liminal space. We've got that ticked already. Tick. So, you know, obviously I'm into it. Clearly, the open with a liminal space. I'm like, oh, oh. yes. <laughs> Anime G1. of the
1: season. Just done. Like as soon as <laughs> already, the first I- shot happens. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm it. Limit all. Yep, yep. And not only that, but various students seem to have awakened superpowers, which cause significant frictions between the students as they figure out how to survive in this new world. Now, there are distinct groups who splinter off into factions, like those who just want to mess around and abuse their new powers just for shits and giggles and have a bit of fun. Then there's the old student council who want to restore order to the chaos and maintain some form of normalcy. Although... They very quickly begin to abuse their authority, which causes further frictions within the group. So it's got a real Lord of the Flies kind of vibe to it, almost straight off the bat. You know, so it's like a lot of them are like, "Well, we're going to get rescued eventually. This will go back to normal. Therefore, we must continue like we normally do." The school has rules; let's follow them. So obviously, it's a metaphor for Japanese society in many ways. So you've got the bad guys, essentially, who are the student council. The lead character is like a really lazy, kind of listless guy. Who spends you know the opening scenes just him lying on the floor of a classroom, and this really enigmatic transfer student who is – no one knows what her deal is. She's very mysterious. She's like, is it nice down there? And he's like, Yeah, I guess. Their relationship is kind of key to the whole thing. It's so, implied sorry, that she Sam. might have something – know something about it.
1: You're telling me the show opened with a sleepy listless character on the ground in a liminal space? Are you? Did I write this show? Did I actually write it?
0: Are you on the writer's team? Yeah, I think I am. i just
1: thought like, this is it. This is it. This is how it opens. Honestly, this sounds Dude, sick. Would,
0: honestly, it's it's but fucking awesome. There's I'm, I'm heaps of really shows
1: that are really similar to this, like that have been done. But I always like yes. them, like the yeah, three hundred and yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah. the one hundred,
0: the three, the one hundred, yes, the three
1: hundred, uh, the fucking
0: the, <laughs> the Spartan, <laughs> the liminal space Spartans, like uh, that sounds good too. I'm into that. To the, be honest with you, uh,
1: <laughs> if anyone can do it, it's anime. If anyone Definitely. can make that work, and exactly. Shingo
0: Natsume, particularly. <laughs> but no, look, I'm really intrigued by this. I think it's really, really cool. The art style is quite off-putting. It's old, It's kind of like Megalobox in that respect that it's deliberately made to look old. A bit like the Tami Galaxy looked like actually as well. So it's it's really, really cool. I think this is going to be a fascinating show. I mean, I hope it doesn't lose its way because it's, like I say, it's a confusing pilot and it's deliberately done as such because you're not meant to know what the fuck's going on and it's clearly a mystery it's an isekai i guess technically and yeah real lord of the flies kind of thing and i think could be really really fucking cool so interesting characters you know like the head of the student council is like this really uptight girl then there's the the sports jock but then there's the power behind the throne who's this kind of kun from tower of god like character doesn't look like him but just this kind of reserved chilled like Seems to know something that everyone else doesn't is pulling all the strings, making the jock take all the, all the flack as the guy extolling out the punishments for those not following the rules. But clearly he's the one who's actually organizing it, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's really, really cool. So I think this could be a real interesting piece of work. So I'll be following this one till the end. So yeah, Sunny Boy, check it out.
1: Sunny Boy. It's
0: on Funimation. So have a look.
1: Sweet. Well, I'm about to talk about something that is, I don't know, it might accidentally be groundbreaking and Ooh. i i don't i don't know if it is or not and i've only seen one episode so there's three out so the reason that i was a bit late to this recording is i said to sam i want to watch something else i don't want to just watch talk about remake our life so i was like i'm gonna find something <laughs> and i was like all right i'm gonna watch a show called girlfriend girlfriend and oh, you um, did
0: girlfriend girlfriend yeah okay. so i watched
1: one episode of girlfriend girlfriend and i was like wow this could either be the biggest trash fire heap Ever, like, ever done. I mean, I watched <laughs> Rent-A-Girlfriend, so I, I'm secretly, like...
0: Oh, yeah, you're up to date with the trash.
1: I watch the trash. I watch the fucking oh, trash, yeah. whatever. Like, it's hilarious. I'm like, yeah, I watch all good, this man. fucking trash fire. But yeah. there were some things brought up and I was like, is this progressive? The answer is no, might I add. But I was also just like, <laughs> is this the most healthy depiction of a polyamorous relationship in a heterosexual anime I've ever seen? Wow. And the answer is yes, but that is a very specific thing because most other harami anime are, like, pro... like are kind of weird. You know, like we're talking like Love Hina, we're talking that. Like if I think of a heron anime, I think of like young boy somehow has to run a bathhouse with older women. Like that is, that's the plot line for most herons. You know? They're like just heaps weird. You're <laughs> yes, like, it is. You're like, oh, okay, cool. I guess he just lives in his boarding house and everyone wants to fuck him. Like great. Uh, this this show. Just like real life. Yeah, that's how it happens all the time. That's how I met my partner. <laughs> Sorry, Anyway, here we are talking about... I'll give you the synopsis for Girlfriend, Girlfriend, guys, and you can tell me if you think it sounds like it's going to be groundbreaking. After harboring an unrequited love for years, Naoka Mukai finally gets to date his childhood friend, Saki. However, just as he tries to commit himself to the relationship, he receives an abrupt confession from Nagasa Minnasi. At first, Naoka tries to reject her, but is soon overcome by feelings of not wanting to hurt her. Trying to avoid betraying his girlfriend's trust in him, Neo thinks of a solution to make both girls happy. Two-timing. This is the synopsis. It's not actually two-timing. That's really weird. Not two-timing. He wants to date them both at the same time. And he's like, let's go ask my girlfriend. Because he's like, during this confession, he's like overwhelmed by how hard the new girl that's confessing to him has worked. He's like, wow, you're like, and she's like really hot. So he's like, oh, he kind of like, basically they go and they ask his girlfriend if he can date them both at the same time. And she's like no, what the fuck kind of thing. And it's like, <laughs> what? And then eventually they just talk her into it. And she's like, okay. And so they all, like Pretty okay. quickly, she's just Hence, like, I'm not thrilled girlfriend. about girlfriend. it, but okay. I'll do it. Then he's like, great, let's move into my house. I live alone. They're, they're high school students, by the way. And then the girls are just like, yeah, sweet. So they're all living in this house with this guy. And that's where episode one ends. But all I'll say is I just laughed so hard at just just how quickly the guy was like, oh, I finally, after years of pining after my childhood best friend, she's dating me like I love her forever, like walks outside a girl's like, I have feelings for you. And then he's like, oh, man, like I have no choice but to date you both. I was like, well, you couldn't have, you know, liked her that much because he's like never met the other girl before. She's like a literal random, you know, and I'm, I'm all for polyamory. I'm all, I don't believe that the relationships have to be monogamous. I don't but this is not a depiction of what I believe polyamory would really be in the real world. Like I feel like it requires a lot of conversations and discussions and like being incredibly, yeah, I feel like it probably is not an accurate depiction, but what I will say is the protagonist of this show, he is played off like a bit of an idiot. And I must admit, it did make me laugh. Like he just has no filter and he just says things out loud. He's just like, yes, well, obviously I want to date you both. He's like, I can't lie about that. Like, who would it kind of thing. <laughs> and it sort of works. So people are like, oh, I guess he's just being really honest. And he's really upfront. They have a lot of conversations about boundaries pretty quickly, like sexual boundaries that I guess is pretty good. So I was like, maybe this will be interesting. Like, and maybe it'll be a quite interesting depiction because they both agree. They're not like blackmailing anyone into doing it. They both agree to date him. And I was like, okay. But, um, you know, I... Yeah the show itself is definitely like absolute trash though but i did despite myself it's played for comedy it's a comedy as well like quite a broad comedy so right, right, right. a lot of the situations are pretty funny like i just i just laughed at the whole like the quick switch of just like yeah, obviously, I have to date you both. And he's just like, there's no other option. I'm either dating you both or not dating either of you. That's like what he said. That makes
0: sense. That's that's how I'd play it, obviously. Yeah, just just like, know?
1: sweet. <laughs> it's it's all just, or
0: it's fucking nothing. That's and it. And also,
1: they go into how, like, he he like, been obsessed with his childhood best friend and asked her out every day for, like, five years before she said yes. And then, the like, the week that they start dating, he's just like, P.S., like... I'm dating two of you now, and I'm like, oh, it's a bit of a ball. I mean, is it ball a baller move? It's kind of a baller move. Who am I to judge? But uh, I, anyway, it's, it's
0: a hail mary. You know, he's he's really just like, you know, I'm going to play this. I'm going to play the ball where it lies. You know, I'm going for this. <laughs>
1: like, yeah, I. I mean, it's kind of funny seeing a protagonist of this is not like blushing over a panty shot. Like he literally blatantly just suggest they move in with him doesn't really like you know maybe this is you know it's quite unique for an anime of this genre usually it's a slow burn to the death but we really got thrown straight in there the harem and this is the harem ending that everyone wanted, but it's the start of the anime, so let's right see on. how it actually unfolds. Basically, all I've done this season is watch Haremy things, so I don't know what that means about <laughs> my life or where I'm currently at. But girlfriend, girlfriend, after watching the first episode, there's like some district content warning for like some sexualization of teenagers. Obviously, it's for, you know it's anime, you know it's it's a bit. I'd say they're meant to be like seventeen or eighteen, but they are you know talk about sex, sexual stuff, and things like that. So that is something to be wary of. It's not totally Mm -hmm. blatant like it's not crazy fan service i'd say it's like on the mild end of fan service but again anime blinkers like should there be such thing as mild anime service like fan service probably not but anyway i'm not here to answer that question but i think that i mean i I kind of am actually but that's (laughs) i'm here to (laughs) literally talk about that don't look at me i don't know but yes um girlfriend girlfriend don't don't or do if you like trash just do it Fuck yeah, look, it. Don't.
0: There's, there's there's a place for trash here. There's, you know, the biggest anime podcast in the world is called Trash Taste for yeah. a reason. They know probably know I mean?
1: love this show. I reckon they, I'm the sure they would, would love this show. Oh, I'm
0: it sure might not be trash
1: te- trashy enough. Like Wow. There's another one called like, there's a couple of like crazy ones with love triangles that are just like cooked, like where it's like, it's his stepsister, but also his teacher. Like the, there's a couple oh, of shows out there like that. I'm not that even are, like,
0: trying anymore. You know, know what I mean?
1: Deeply <laughs> This one I was just like, yeah, I mean, I laughed. Maybe... Maybe I'm that crazy in this lockdown that I'll laugh at anything, but um, you yeah. know, I'm gonna okay, out of all these shows, I'm probably gonna keep watching this uh girlfriend,
0: girlfriend. Wow. Okay.
1: Okay. So there you go. That's on my watch list. So that's where that's on I'm watch at. list. That's no happening. one ever trusts me about anything again. I'm watching girlfriend, girlfriend, and I'm I'm okay with that.
0: <laughs> you know what? That's your cross to bear, you know, and that's cool. That's cool. Speaking of crosses to bear and speaking of random school kids who live on their own for some reason. Why is that a trope? Anyway, this show is called The Detective is Already Dead. Spoiler, it's in the title. Oh, so I know. <laughs> shocked me. Stop. He's
1: already dead.
0: <laughs> Pretty much exactly right. <laughs> so, this is based off a Japanese light novel series written by Nigoju and illustrated by Umibozu. A manga adaptation with art by Mukiko Has been serialized in Media Factory's Seinen manga magazine monthly comic Alive since May 2020. So it's quite fresh, quite new. And Seinen, weirdly enough, I didn't expect that. When I found that out after watching the episodes and then reading that, I was like, huh, okay, wouldn't have picked that. Yeah, maybe. You can never tell.
1: You can never tell. You never tell.
0: It's, you know, it feels like a fairly arbitrary thing. It's just what gets picked up in the magazine, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Sometimes it's, it's much clearer to delineate. However, the anime adaptation is being handled by Engi. Engi, who are a very new production company. I didn't know anything about them. I had to look them up because they were founded in 2018, so pretty brand new. They've done Uzaki Chan Wants to Hang Out! Exclamation point, back in 2020, and Full Dive, which just showed last season. So is that's that, all they've like, done. Poor Man's
1: Free Full I Dive. I believe
0: so. That is correct. <laughs> and they've done like five shows, and they're about to do a big game adaptation as well. But Engi, pretty new, and I must say, so far the show looks fantastic. That is one thing I'll say. So Engi, new production company, relatively. And yeah, it does look fantastic. That's one thing I'll say about this show. But ever since he was a child, Kimihiko Kimizuka has been a lightning rod for trouble. According to him, he was born with a condition that naturally attracts him to troublesome situations, such as being forced to join a flash mob whilst out for a leisurely walk, or accidentally stumbling across a drug deal, or just generally finding himself present at the site of crime scenes often enough to often be considered a suspect. On a particular day in his third year of junior high, he was kidnapped, thrown into a van, and forced to carry a suitcase onto an international flight. On said flight, an announcement comes over the system asking if there is a detective on board, not a doctor, a detective, a random ask. It turns out- i trying to think of other is,
1: occupations that will be called out over the fucking like- I know, website. I know. It's, is there it's a, a whole, baker
0: yeah. on board? Like, I don't know. Like, just <laughs> it's so weird. Do we have an accountant here? <laughs> <laughs> the, the pilot's really fucked his taxes. He needs help. Anyway, it turns out he's sitting next to a woman who claims to be a legendary detective, codenamed Siesta. Siesta forces Kimmy, the nickname she gives him, into being her sidekick. Together they stop the plane from being hijacked and Kimi is introduced to the existence of an ostensibly supernatural underground organization known as SPES who use Tokyo ghoul-like humanoids called androids to do their bidding. It's unclear whether or not SPES are androids themselves or if they just have the technology to use. It's hard to tell at this point. So after Siesta pesters Kimi constantly. He agrees to become her sidekick. She wants to use his lightning rod-like ability to attract trouble to her advantage so that she can solve crimes. And in return, she'll protect him from the danger which comes with his innate ability. We then get a flash forward where the two have worked together for three years, seemingly attached to the hip, solving an innumerable number of cases and going on endless adventures. Now we hit the present, and in his last year of senior high, Kimihiko is once again confronted by the ghosts of his past as he tries to solve new cases that inevitably fall into his lap. He is extremely bothered by the fact that people call him a detective because sometime during that time skip, the detective, indeed, is already dead. So there you go. The detective is dead, people. In case you were wondering, I don't know if that was... uh, I don't know if I'd have spoiled the whole show for you. I'm sorry if I did. It's... I don't know if it's even smart for dumb people. It's just like... It's not... Like the detective work is Siesta is the epitome of a waifu. She even she looks so much like the character from Tokyo Ghoul that she even has the little hair thing, you know, the little cross like and round thing in the hair. Yeah. And the white hair. Pretty much exactly like a a super cute. Well, he's super cute in Tokyo Ghoul too, but just a version of the character from Tokyo Ghoul, but like hyper kawaii. She's wearing a super like frilly, bowie sort of outfit, and she's like crazy OP. And like seems to have some, there's some supernatural stuff going on here. We're not quite sure what all that is yet. You know, apart from the fact that like the androids have like, yeah, Tokyo Ghoul like appendages growing from them, which they attack with. And she seems to be able to teleport ostensibly and fight them quite easily on par. So she's probably the most interesting character. And then she's fucking dead. So it's like, and there's something that happens in the next episode where without spoiling too much, he's connected to her still through this other character who's introduced, but I won't spoil what that is. So she's there without being there if that makes sense. Her presence is still felt and now it's, you know, I wanted to follow them doing their cool stuff instead of having this like 30 second flash forward and now I'm like, now we're back to the boring like Trouble Rod character and even the theories of deduction that Siesta has, she just seems to know everything omnisciently. So it's not as if she's like, well, I figured this out because of XYZ, you know, the cool sort of Death Note or even ID Invaded style detective work. She's just like, oh no, I knew all this from the start. A good detective knows everything from the start. I'm like, the fuck is this man like it's not very good it looks fantastic it was very highly rated this was one of the shows that was the most highly rated i saw on all the message boards reddit and various others before the season started and i watched the pilot I'm like, this looks fantastic but what the fuck is going on here again he lives on his own she pesters him non-stop again there's a weird sexual tension there hard to tell how old she is he at the time at the start of it's like 15 it's kind of weird it's not they don't go there but it's 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 there underneath You know, so I don't know how I feel about it. Like I'll keep watching for a bit to see if it grabs me or not, but not yet. I sort of forced myself through all three episodes the other night to do the podcast. I'd read a a bunch of reviews on the anime news network, which all fucking slated it. They were like, what the fuck? This is One of them said it was the worst pilot they'd ever seen. That was too harsh. It's, It's not that bad, but it's not great. Especially with the hype. A lot of hype came with this. I just don't know what's going to... I guess it's going to be a crime, supernatural show. Definitely. And he's going to, you know, try to figure his way through. And, you know, with with her influence coming to help him grow as a person. I assume that's obviously what the story is going to be. Kind of interesting. But I just don't really fucking care. You know, I don't care about him. I didn't know enough about her. She was a bit of a deus ex machina of a character. A bit of a Mary Sue. You know, which is fine. I'm sure if we'd explored her character more. Which I'm sure they will in flashback. We'll learn why she was so OP, what her deal is, but uh, I don't know, man. Is she an android? We don't know. We don't know. Maybe. Maybe she was.
1: I say this, I haven't, yeah, I haven't even watched it at all, so I've no.
0: No I don't know I don't know anyway look it's there it looks fantastic really cool aesthetic if you're into you know crime sort of supernatural shows it's definitely got some interesting elements to it and maybe they'll all come together maybe it's just a slow start but like I say detective shows you want to see really cool interesting psychological battles and whatnot and this not here again she just seems to be able to sidestep every situation just by knowing and that's for me it's just lazy writing you know what I mean it's not it's like boring man like how does she lose then if she knows everything it's fucking boring so yeah, I don't know. That's kind of where we're at with summer 2021. That's three shows each from Charlie and I. I'm still watching Tokyo Revengers, second core. Again, I think I struggled with that at the start cuz I was like this is so fucking stupid. It is fucking stupid, but I'm into Tokyo Revengers cuz once I just accepted that it's a shonen battle anime set in gangland, then I'm fine. That you know sounds what I mean? Like, don't ex- and don't and there's time travel for some reason. Again, it's like it's fun. And once you just put your brain aside and go like So many plot holes, like so many problems in Tokyo Revengers could be fixed if when he's in the future, he Googled something. He doesn't do, he's like, why is this person in jail? It's like, you're standing with a police officer. Google it or check the system, bro. Then he can go back in time with the knowledge and do something. Instead, he's like, wow goes back in time it's like oh i wonder how that person got into prison why didn't you check you dumb fuck anyway you so can
1: actually go to back and forth through time
0: yeah he just needs to touch oh. this specific character and he can sort of jump back and forth there's, there's time limits he can't it's not like subaru where he loops it's more like he can only do it he can only jump back in time only a specific fixed amount of time he has a specific set of time which he can mm. travel he can't just go like can't pick and choose whenever he wants so yes there are he can't just infinitely change he can go back but like once things have happened in the past they have happened it's look it's fun Tokyo Avengers is fun it's it just the new live action film just came out and it just smashed the Japanese box office and it makes sense that it would work as a live action because again there's no superpowers it's just gang fights and yes in the anime they they embellish their physical abilities way heaps that's fun show i do like it just accept the fact that there's going to be plot holes everywhere like every time travel show that exists and the other one i'm watching which ended up becoming co favorite anime of the season for me of spring 2021 was, of course, To Your Eternity, which is the second core is happening right now. It is fucking beautiful. The final episode of the spring season of To Your Eternity broke my fucking heart. I was weeping. It's a beautiful show. If you're not watching To Your Eternity, please pick it up. There's still plenty of time. It's still ongoing. You can catch up real fast. Yes, it slows down in the middle, but holy shit, it's such a great show. So To Your Eternity, still going through summer, fucking brilliant. Ended up drawing with Megalobox season two, Nomad for me. It's a beautiful show. Definitely check it out. Anything else from you, Charlie?
1: Honestly, I I need to go back and like I started watching Moriarty. Uh, I know it's done now.
0: <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but yeah, it's fun, isn't it? I mean, it's kind of dumb again. Smart quite, for dumb people again.
1: Yeah, I need to give it more a chance. It had me written all over it. Like it was just like like so stupid, and I was like here for it. I couldn't it couldn't quite grasp me, uh, which is a shame. Look,
0: it's not to me. It's a six point five, maybe mm. a seven. On its good days, it's a seven. On its bad days, it's like a four and a half. You know, and that's, that's the problem with Moriarty. I, I went through it because I'm like, this is fun, but it's nothing special. No. And again, a bit more like, he's like magic. How does he, there's no tension because you know he's going to win every yeah, time. Yeah, 2 that's boring. Yeah, yeah.
1: Other than that, I told you, I'm rewatching Bleach with my housemates. So I'm having a sick, speaking oh, yeah. of OP. Yeah. It's sick. Yes,
0: so yes. Speaking of Deus Ex Machina.
1: Pretty bloody good <laughs> though. I do love that show. Soul Society arc. Holy moly. It's so good.
0: It's the best um, arc. We know this. This we know.
1: Sam, I think we should do a live action anime episode. We have to watch some live action Ooh,
0: ones. Oh shit. This is gonna make me so upset. But yeah, okay. I think exactly. that's a really good idea. Season four. For season four, we will bring that in. We'll do it. We'll do a live action anime adaptation episode. Wow. I
1: want to do assassination classroom because yeah. I can't believe there's a live action of that.
0: Of all the things. Yeah, of all the shows. Of all the fucking shows, they do that. Oh that's god. So god bless funny. them. Anyway. anyway, Charlie, thank you so much. Always a pleasure. Sorry that was still- a bit of a
1: downer episode. We both just hated everything. Well,
0: Sunny Boy's great. Sunny Boy is fucking yeah. awesome. Please check I'm out watch Sunny. That. Yeah, it's really, really cool. But unfortunately, and you know, the community's pretty much on the same page with this. This is the weakest season we've had for quite a long time. So, you know, Mm. I'm watching all of Legend of the Galactic Heroes. I finally have the time. I'm finally not watching like seven shows every fucking week. So this is really great. I'm still watching like five. So it's like still happening because I'm watching the second cause of a lot of things. And Sunny Boy will definitely keep going. So, you know, it's still out there. still good, but it is a week season. If you've got a backlog of anime to get through, now is the time. But yeah, so we're also in lockdown and our lockdown looks like it's probably going to get extended from the point of recording this podcast. So we're forever. a little bit down on that, but you know, good times. Stay safe, stay healthy out there, everybody. It is a challenging time and all the best. And thank you so much for listening. We always appreciate it. Much love. Catch you next time. Bye. Thank
1: you. Bye.